Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Right, before we get rocking and rolling on this one, yeah. I am, I'm recording this in a different environment. I'm on the drive of my parents in a Volkswagen T7 multivan. Which, so I do feel a bit like I'm in a local, I'm a sort of a roving reporter for a local radio station about to go to a, a fate <laughs> or, yes. or I'm outside a care home about to ask about the living conditions. But yeah. um, the reason why I have to say this, uh, say, tell everybody this is because this has been a great van. I, I, it goes back tomorrow. I've had it for a week and I have tested it before and reviewed it and I do like it. But mm. this particular one, has has a haunted sliding door because it has a double it has a it has, it has double sliding doors you know it's got double sliding yeah. doors because a people carrier yeah they're, they're both electric and mm-hmm. when i when i do anything to do with the remote or the driver's door the sliding door on one side just automatically opens it's like a really thick dog that goes and fetches a ball when nobody asked it to it goes and gets you things you didn't ask so i open the boot right i open the boot to go and get something out and the left hand sliding door just opens then i locked it the other night i i I locked it outside my house the other night and it was on the road because it's too big for my drive I get mm. I get woken up at 6:30 in the morning by a scottish man walking a dog i was i was almost like bollock naked I, I came to the door wonder what was going on he said is that your van out there and i went yeah he goes you know that the sliding doors open and it's been raining all night and i'm like oh gosh <laughs> so this has happened about six times and i don't know why i just can't work it out but so at any point I mean, in time the door next to me and this is the sound it makes it beeps twice and then it, here we go Okay, so that's it opening, but I've told it to open there. But it might do that without me commanding it. And it's and it's 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 <laughs> the haunted door. It is the haunted sliding door. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I've got to, I've got to say it's a it's a great it's a great great car. This because it is a car. That's the thing. It, it looks vanny, but it's a car, and that's what I like about it. It reminds me. I once, very long time ago, borrowed a Lexus SC430, full Michael McDonald spec. <laughs> not not a good car, but it had a haunted boot lid. Oh, did it? The electric boot lid release used to just release at random while you were driving along, and so you'd just be on the motorway, and suddenly you'd hear this dunk. And then the dashboard would go, bing, your boot's open. (laughs) Brilliantly, I discovered if you were driving through uh, an area with speed bumps in it, you'd suddenly be driving along and suddenly you'd hear, dunk, bing, your boot's open. Go over a speed bump, the boot lid would then swing open. But if you you went over the speed bump vigorously enough, it would then slam shut and the dashboard would go, boom, your boot's closed. Oh, my God. The next time it just would go... 
but sometimes it wouldn't happen for ages and then you think oh it's fixed itself and then ding, ding your boots open. <laughs> it was just bizarre. also alexis you know famously never go wrong they had this weird glitch so i can only assume it wasn't a fault it was a ghost it's the ghost of Michael McDonald's bootlid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ghost of Michael McDonald's broken aviator glasses going, well, if I'm broken, you're going to be broken too. But, it's the um, Twisted Nosebridge Collective. That's what it is. is yeah. I, I can't remember which podcast we talked about, but there's a back ref there to a, another episode of the podcast from ages ago, which is unhelpful, I know. But anyway, um, since you're briefly reviewing the multivan, Yes. I realised that last week you mentioned you'd been driving the ID Buzz again and mm. you'd talk about it, and then we sort of forgot to get onto that. Do you have a potted review of the ID Buzz? Well, I can do them back to back really quickly. Go for it. Uh, the, buzz is a, the Buzz is an extremely honest range EV, which I suspect um, VW's done intentionally because then they don't get told off for being naughty and lying about mm. stats. Um, mm. So. When I got in the Buzz, and bear in mind this is the Buzz Cargo with the bolt-in um, oh. threat, you know, the, not threshold. What do you call it? The uh, bulkhead, bulkhead, bulkhead. That's it. So it was the van, van version mm. that we used to transport merch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I did. It, I got in it, pressed the button. It said two hundred and fifty-eight mile range, and I did two hundred and fifty-eight miles. It was absolutely. Exactly ah. what it told me. I mean, I, I drove it normal. This was a lot of motorway because I drove it. Yeah. Up, I drove it up to North Yorkshire for a job, and it was spot on. And um, it's a lovely, it's a lovely car. Now this is funny because Bam. I've just been driving the Lexus RZ 450e. You know their new electric car mm. based on the Toyota XYZ hyphen. <laughs> to the power of pi but basically it's 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 the toyota um this week on sesame street we're learning about yes <laughs> i thought it was the toyota whatever elon musk has called his latest child but anyway it's that but with a lexus charlotte quite a nice looking car i think in a in a sort of slightly over designed way but it's uh, and the one i had was that you know they're doing them in that the sort of the color of a fancy saucepan like copper color oh yes i, and, I love um, that color it looks great. it's nice yeah I mean, it's one of those ones where you sort of find myself going if i was ordering this car would i actually choose this and i'd you know i'd like to think i would but i'd probably chicken out at the last minute yeah it is it's really it's really nice but i know the toyota version got a lot of flack for having a crap range the lexus is not great and but what it has got is quite an honest rangeometer and the and the real telling thing about this is it's honest on motorways motorway so honesty was, that's good motorway honesty is something i don't know whether the id buzz is the same but maybe this is the new <laughs> frontier of EVing. it's like look we're going to just be completely straight up with you yes if you're doing 70 miles an hour for a couple of hours you are going to chew through your battery yeah. same as you actually are chewing through petrol or diesel but Fact. you just don't really notice it the same but it's, I was looking at this because I'm an interesting man. The rangeometer versus miles to destination on the nav, and they were absolutely bang in sync. Were they all the time? Yeah, like as in the rangeometer would sort of change its prediction plus minus five miles, but that was at most. Sometimes it would just be one or two miles. But yeah, we did a whole long journey in it, and it. I was sort of doing the maths. And I was going right. As we leave, it's saying that when we arrive, we will have 70 miles range left. And that's what we had when we got there. 
Oh, that's good honesty. It is good honesty, but what it does do is then make the car look like it's not got a brilliant range when you set off because you kind of go, oh, you know, we had a full battery and we set off and it was showing 177 miles. Yeah. But that's also with the aircon on, which I know you wouldn't have done. Oh, that. gosh, what are you thinking? What are you Bloody thinking? Bloody hell, if we're talking... Sorry, sorry I apologise to sceptics for EV chat corner, but we uh, it's been quite warm recently and I got into our e-up and my wife had had the aircon off full johnny smith spec yes good and i just filled the battery and it was predicting 220 miles of range that is amazing well yeah because it's like the the claim is only i think 160 or something so yeah it was it was really full of beans that day going, yeah let's go to scotland like yeah, all right calm down is he like <laughs> artificially anyway, um, optimistic ev day Hey, guys, yeah, but, yeah, I've just um, done a face full of coke. Let's do everything. Let's backflip <laughs> over the ocean. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Have right time. <laughs> um, I, I, since we're doing short car reviews, uh, let's, let's do some internal combustion reviews, because I, I mentioned last week the BMW M2 that I've been driving. Um, yeah. Which is that new one that I think looks quite horrific. Yes. But in a sort of fascinating way. It's like, it's like spotting a, a, a bull with really massive bollocks. <laughs> I kind of want to look, but at the same time, it's not attractive. We we went to a we went we had a school trip years ago to like a rural rural life museum, you know, a living museum, and yep. there was a boar there, there oh. and in a pen next to I don't know some like teepees and like a village with like people acting pretending to be old school, and mm. every we all had film cameras because I'm I'm old and we didn't there wasn't digital technology. Was yours a one ten? Mine was a 110, yeah. And oh. I took, out of the 24 shots that I had in my film, I took three <laughs> photos of the boar's testicles. <laughs> <laughs> because well, that's education is, at the Rural Life Museum. But this is what it's like, isn't it? The the uh, There's a sort of something weirdly mesmerising about the boar's bollocks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> good pub that but um and the the man too is like that it's, it's i mean it's actually quite horrible it looks like one of those fucking dimmer body kits on a 205 gti from the 80s it's too wide do you know what it looks like it looks it doesn't look oem i think that's the no it doesn't but it's done really it's doesn't. done by the, the oem but it doesn't look convincingly oem because so you just re- i raised my eyebrow at it and gone oh it would have been nice to have seen the original but that was more tasteful and then yeah. you go, oh, that is the original. Oh, so maybe yeah. people are going to modify them by putting them back. <laughs> Shaving them down. Well, I suggested this when the Civic Type R went too mental and stupid with mm. the winglets and faux vents and all that nonsense. And I said, mm. on, I think I might have said when I originally v- reviewed it, I said, I just wish they had the option of like what is now a gt3 touring type spec so you have the same running gear same dampers same chassis and drivetrain but i just want it in a more like less idiotic body shell please they did sort of do that with the last civic they, type R, yeah they, they did because so, i think they listened to me richard because okay. <laughs> i've been Listen moaning about it for about three years by that point that's the power of johnny smith yeah um well, you should tell BMW to knock it off because the M2, I think, is fundamentally quite horrible, but in a sort of fascinating way. They, also, the one I borrowed was black, and that does hide some of its, its ridiculousness. But have you ever seen this? Quite, it's quite a nice colour, sort of light blue. Yes. You can get on those. 
I do know. It's a nice colour, but it doesn't work on that car because it actually makes it look like the entire shell is is a mould. Yes. It's like just been moulded in one thing, like a toy car. It doesn't, again, doesn't work. Well, it looks like it's just been popped out of, um, yeah, the glass fibre yard down by the down by the harbour. By the yeah. by the lads yeah. who do a lot of... <laughs> down by the harbour. Down by the harbour. They do a lot of... Smell. They do a lot of boat resin repairs. smell in the air. Or yes, resin. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just went. Yeah. You just went part. Did you just? You just did a. You did a, a bit of a Liam Neeson, then, didn't you? It was, I was. I couldn't tell if it was Liam Neeson or the bloke out of um, Line of Duty. Do it again. Par. It, par. It's so. It's so um, coincidental that you've done that because in my list of things to mention in this podcast, I've realised I've. I, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but I've. I finally got to the episode on Miami Vice where the the faux Daytona gets blown up. Oh. And it's the episode that features Liam Neeson in it. Oh, does he yes. blow it up? He doesn't, but someone who he is he's having dealings with. I mean, spoiler alert, this was filmed approximately 40 years ago. But um mm. yeah, it, it it gets blow that is the episode featuring a very youthful Liam Neeson who also wow. beds one of the un, um undercover detectives um in the vice oh. squad. Yeah. Oh, Neeson's, huh. he's swooning. He's swooning. Yeah, so, hopefully. And um, one thing I would say is that the blowing up of the faux Daytona was quite dramatic, as you'd imagine. But, mm. but the introduction of the Testarossa, I thought, was lacklustre, considering how big a deal it was. <laughs> so I'd just like to mention this to Michael Mann some 38 years later. Um, <laughs> if you could go back and do it again, Mike, that would be great. Yeah, and the other thing is is that Liam Neeson, the, his character and the other dodgy bloke who he's dealing with in this particular episode, they drive around in a Testarossa. So a Testarossa oh. features in that episode before before Tubbs and Crockett get a Testarossa. Huh. See what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. Has your rate of consumption slowed down on Miami Vice? Because I feel like this has been a long time coming. I had um, I had a month off. I okay. thought I thought I was, I, I was, I, it was, I got, I'd reached saturation point. Um, yeah. And so I thought I'll take a month off and if the thirst is still there, I'll go back in. And mm. sure enough, the thirst was there. And funny, funny enough, you should mention Michael McDonald's spec folding nose bridge glasses because the last few episodes has had so many bad folding nose bridge glasses in it. Oh. There's loads. There's absolutely loads. And the and I realised when the when the Tester Clay Rossa um, starts to become their new car, the opening credits change. They've they've tweaked the opening credits. There's a much more impressive mm. speedboat jump. In it with <laughs> which is a which, which is a which is a helicopter shot uh, involving them with linen jackets on. It's great. <laughs> Why did it so I, funny? What I, I don't know. I just because it's, it's sort of I've inferred from that that there can be such a thing as an unimpressive speedboat. <laughs> People just went. Oh, yeah, it's well, it's a, better than that. Well, it's a bit like when. When you go over a humpback bridge or a, or a yump in a car mm. quite fast, and it feels like you've got some good clean air, uh, yeah. almost a bit dicey, you think, "Wow, that that could have gone quite badly wrong when we landed there." And, yes. and then somebody might film it or take a picture, which they used to do when we used to when we used to do magazine shoots, you know, for car testing, and they'd always yeah. always be pathetic, always. <laughs> yes, you know, I'd, yeah, co- yeah. I'd come back to the photographer. I go, that is as that is as fast as I would ever do that. I've, I was on the ragged edge, and I went, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it doesn't look as perhaps as exciting as you're describing it to me. And then you look at the picture and you go, oh, it just looked like I've gone over a speed ramp outside of Asda. Uh, yeah. Um, it's always the way, though, isn't it? Because the same thing with, um, like, doing a massive jump into a swimming pool or something. Mm. You, it, someone films it, you watch it back and go, oh, I mean, it's not to be that. honest, it felt like I went 100 feet into the air, but that's clearly not the case. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, I, was, I just to wrap it up about the M2. I'm, I am, I'm reviewing it. I've written a review of it for the Sunday Times, so I won't, uh, I won't spoil the whole thing in case you're on centerworks for that. But um, it's a weird car. The one I borrowed was the, with the manual gearbox, which, interestingly, you have to pay more for. Do you? It comes as standard with an auto. Yeah, it's extra for the manual. And God, um, oh, that is a. It's, is that a first? That's a good question. More for the manual. Maybe it is. And I suppose the reason being, they assume more people will buy the automatic as they generally do now, given the choice, even mm. in performance cars. And um, so they've got to kind of cover the development costs. But yeah, this, so this basically it's the M4's engine, but you can't get the M4 in this country with a manual. So, and an M4 suspension. And I don't know, sometimes it's fabulous, but an awful lot of time you sort of, it's just not. Oh, really? I don't want one. I just don't want one. I think it's too wide and too heavy and a bit... There's something a bit oafish about it I didn't enjoy. I just... What you're saying I, is it's I, not evolution. It's not. Com- compared, to, compared to the previous M2. I kept thinking about the old 1M. Yeah. And how that actually felt quite small and, and you know, sort of quite... I mean, not light, but it certainly felt light on its feet. Yeah. And... You know, sort of quite. You could you could guide it gently. It didn't feel like it needed to be wrestled down the road so much. And this is just. It just feels like you've got to drive it with all of your arms, if you know what I mean. It's just yeah. one of those cars. It it feels heavy, and it's sort of you need to wrestle it about the place, and that's kind of okay. But I don't know. After a while, it just feels a bit moronic. That's um, my take on it. Oh well. Um I've never driven it. Your I'm, mileage may vary. I, I mean, will, I don't know. I'd I will, love to hear I'll, your take on it because I book one in. And see I'm going to book one in. I'm going to, and I'll finish up this sensible nonsense with regards to car reviews with the T7 by saying so. The the buzz is great, but obviously mm. the infotainment is annoying. I would say that's the only mm. thing about the buzz which is annoying and ill thought through. Everything else seems to be excellent. Um, does your multivan have the same annoyomatic system in it? It does. It still has the non-illuminating volume and climate control. Yes, <sighs> but uh, I, I did. Like I said, I reviewed this on the Late Break Show a while ago now. So it's a 1.4 petrol turbo engine with a plug-in hybrid system. I think it's 10 kilowatt hour battery pack. So it'll do like 45 miles electric only, which is enough for mm-hmm. most people to go to work or do school run, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But on the on the motorway coming down to my mum and dad's here in Somerset, which is about two twenty miles, for, mm. forty to the gallon. Okay. So forty to the gallon, even when the batteries run out and I'm fully loaded, I've got you know I've got three people and and a holiday's amount of gear in it, including some barn yeah. find tools, and a rather smelly. But for a little tank. petrol engine having to shift a big unit of a car with a big frontal area, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. But I, and I think it's really impressive, but it doesn't fit. You can't hear it. It doesn't feel like it's straining. But of course, when you marry together the stats of forty to the gallon on a run, and doing lots of short journeys week to week with EV only, that's actually. It's. I think it might be the best product that VW makes. 
What? That I, I just think it, I think it's getting overlooked a bit because all the fanfare is around the buzz, and T6 people are obsessed with nothing but T6s. Because hey, it's yes. you know, there's nothing more impressive than a basic diesel builder's van with a hundred grand's worth of body <laughs> kit on it. But um, the t- the t- <laughs> don't forget, it's got an orange wrap though, so that's okay. Yeah, it's great. But the T7 is a it drives like a car because it's based on a car, and it. My children love it. I love it, and it has an exceptionally practical boot. And you can get the the each seat is heated individually, and you can, and they're about twenty two kilos each, so you can actually lift a seat out without needing help from oh. a friend. So I really rate it, and I love it, even though it's got a ghostly side door, which is just completely baffling me every day. I I think I've said this before, but I find that multi van inexplicably appealing, mm. like. I don't know why. I think it's a dad thing, isn't it? You just go, you get lots of stuff in that. Well, I'm sat in it doing this broadcast, and I'm feeling all mm. smug and dad right now. For yeah. no, and I've got no give, good reason for it. So, uh, so that's the sensible. Okay. Do you sensible know what? I'm going to ask nicely from Volkswagen if I can borrow one of those because I'd, I'd like to have a go in it, and then we can compare <laughs> notes. Hey, and, uh, yeah, I, don't know, I can't tell if I'm on Volkswagen shit list because I keep every time I review a VW for the paper, I'll put I'm a just, word in for you. Bang on about you, how can, crap their entertainment you, Can you put a word in for me from BMW about the the M2, or well, is that not going to happen? I don't know. Again, by the time you get around to rigging them, my review might have been published, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, right. Well, now, uh, I since uh, we're sort of being sensible, I I wanted to bring up, have you seen this um, this upcoming auction? at which Nigel Mansell is selling all of his stuff. No. It's nuts. This, um, this was sort of revealed last week, and, and I, I, it's, um, Sotheby's are doing it. It's happening uh, next month, no, October. Yeah. Sorry, 4th to 11th of October. I think it's all going to be online as an auction. What? So basically, Nigel Mansell is having a clear-out. It's called the Nigel Mansell's Legacy Collection. He's... He's not dead. 327 things. Well, no, I mean, you know, they sometimes say that if someone just suddenly decides to get rid of all their stuff, it's a bit of a red flag for their general well-being. And I just start to worry a little bit about Mansell's well-being, because honestly, the amount of stuff he's getting rid of, it's extraordinary. There are crash helmets, uh, for a start. There's crash helmets that he wore at Williams in 92, one of those. Wow. Uh, Offered without reserve, but the guide is twenty-five to fifty thousand pounds. Well, well, that's his. But that's his zenith period, isn't it? Well, yeah. So and and, and there's, so why, there's a few. Actually, there's a ninety-one helmet, a ninety-two, a ninety-four. There's then he must have um, spares because he's got sons, hasn't he? And they're into they're into yeah. motor racing and stuff. Do you think they would want to keep one of those for the family? There's, well, you would think so. I mean, I don't know. It's, obviously, it's hard to know what he has kept, but it feels like there's a lot that's going. There's a 1985 Canon Williams Honda European Grand Prix helmet. This was his first win. So the helmet he wore when he won his first race, and um, that's up for the guy is 15 to 20. But it's not just helmets. It's nuts. There are race suits and then trophies. Trophies up the yin-yang. He's getting rid of everything. Really? 1992 Mexico Grand Prix, first place trophy. 1996 Canadian Grand Prix, first place trophy. Guides on that is five to ten grand. The trophies all seem to be about guided on about five to ten. But yeah, winners' trophies from lots of races, particularly obviously early 90s when he was all conquering. 
But yeah, oh, what? Uh, British Grand Prix 1986 first place trophy. It's it's mad. I just I can't figure it out. I was actually you'd like this 1989 Honda ST70. Yes. Ferrari Formula One paddock motorbike. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's that's a Dax ST70. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Dax? Well, it's what well, it's the longer longer frame, larger monkey bikes. It's not a Z50. It's, uh, okay, yeah, it's yeah. So when you can fit like two people, sort of quite quite tall bars. Yeah, mm. and a long saddle. Five to ten is the guide on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Ferrari branded up because obviously he was driving for Ferrari at that point. But it's actually a Honda bike getting around. The well. Paddock. I don't know how. How did he end up with this? Like, did he nick it? I think he just or, took like, it. He just took it and bungeed it onto the back yeah, of his motorhome. I'm having this. Um, <laughs> this is brilliant. I heard that. Yeah, but it's it goes on and on and on and on. There are um, there are steering wheels as well. Uh, a couple of steering wheels here. What one from a Ferrari? What, what, one from Ferrari an Orion Gear sixteen hundred. Yeah, there's one for a Metro <laughs> Vandom Plus. So it's the three spoker. <laughs> In a sort of beige colour, <laughs> useful parts. The guide price on the Metro steering wheel, ninety to £100,000, <laughs> because uh, Mansell sneezed on it while he was driving his Metro Vandenplar uh, around Warwick. Um, you, there's, um, you know, I, there's I some... actually was really close to Nigel Mansell's old country club health spa only yesterday, because I was filming a barn find in Devon, and he's been a, a Devon oh. dweller for some years... Um, even though he might have another... I think he's got another home in the Channel Islands. But um, he's yes. still got his cart track. He's still got his karting track down in Devon. Do they still use it? I think they still use it. I went. I haven't been there for some time, but I've went there on a stag do. Stag do, stag do. And, um, <laughs> and his one of his sons was there, um, and they had a... And I don't know if they've still got this. I'd love it if they do. I remember they had a Bedford Rascal pickup truck on slick, wide wheels and tyres. Well, that's going over. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's either one of their one of the sons is either a dab hand at keeping that thing on the road, <laughs> or it's just, it's like the punishment car that you have to drive when you collect all the cones at the end of the night or something, and. Of course, big forward control with <laughs> Euro N gap zero um, <laughs> on slicks, and maybe it's the rain only vehicle just to keep you on your toes with your driving. Oh, um, it's it's pissing with rain. Well, Go out in the slicked rascal. But that's, I mean, that's a lose lose rascal because in the dry it'll have too much grip, and in the wet it'll have too little. So it's <laughs> like what the fuck? That's how you'd synthesise an accident in a laboratory. It's Mansell's... You just dab the brake pedal and that thing's going over forwards, isn't it? It's M- Mansell's punishment pickup. That's what it is. It's like a game show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's an employee of the month, but there's also the worst employee of the month, and you have to use the rascal pickup to get around the site for the rest of the month without being... Yeah grievously injured <laughs> and it's got to, it's nobody's nobody's lube the throttle linkage so it tends to stick wide open <laughs> quite a lot it's jerky yes. <laughs> and it's got the servo off an earth mover on it so it's just <laughs> you just look at the brake pedal and it, it does an absolute stoppy straight away <laughs> but also now you've disappointed me here and you are a worst employee of the month but if you damage the rascal, it's coming out of your wages. Oh. And so you, you've got to be just... In fact, I could improve your driving, though. Well, of course it would. Know, it would be like, you know, it's, like, it's like trying to uh, break in a wild horse. 
isn't it really yeah. <laughs> it's just that's what it is yeah the slick the slick rascal is always just trying to throw you off like a horse it's Ni- um, nigel's way of just testing employees of have you got what it takes to be part of mansell's yeah. karting empire have a yeah. go have a go on this tame this let beast. me give you a few more lots from this mansell auction um would you like a 1991 driver of the year award from motorsport actuel but the <laughs> it's not really an award it's a belt a it's belt a belt with driver of the year written on the buckle <laughs> seriously <laughs> he's got two of those because he won it in 1990 and 91 they're both guided at 500 to a thousand pounds and then this is a ga- this is a, this a, is a this is a car boot sale garage sale. It is. It's an absolute. It is everything must go in the great R Nige clearance sale. Um, Nineteen ninety two is it's a telegram from Bernie Eccleston to Nigel Mansell, but for some reason it's not a telegram. It's been made out of metal plates. So it's like a recreation of a telegram, um, but in metal. It's the telegram I presume that Bernie sent to Nige. Um, when he won his world championship now you know bernie obviously was overwhelmed with emotion at this uh, as you can tell from from the the very passionate and sincere words that he sent to mansell yes as follows nigel congratulations on your first world championship bernie that's it that's it oh that's what that's one for the downstairs toilet that's why he's put it in it really isn't it yeah yeah oh i, I tear up every time i read it uh eight <laughs> 1993 IndyCar Portland 200 Fastest Qualifier Award. Well, actually, it's not Fastest Qualifier Knife Award. It's a <laughs> it's a knife, but the handle is a, is an old racing car. What? And it's mounted on a plinth. It's a, the weirdest thing. It almost looks like a letter opener, but it's just bizarre. And it's mounted on um, on its own plinth. It's not like Excalibur. It's not, it's not like the Sword in the Stone, is it? Where you? No. Well, maybe you've got to pull it. Got off to the get plinth. it out. I don't know. Um. 16 Formula One 1993 season VIP guest passes framed. Just this, this doesn't, weird. I don't know. doesn't quite just, seem... Why would you want 16 framed guest passes? Unopened bottle of champagne. There's three more of those. Lots of those, in fact. Just unopened bottles of champagne. One of them is from 1998. Sorry, 1988. It's a driver of the day. He got given this champagne as driver of the day and hasn't opened it. Um... This for is thirty five years. The fact that he's kept then, kept all this stuff, he he's a yeah, he's a bit of a hoarder, um, surely. Cause well, it is a bit hoardy. Then um, there's a because there's a there's a photo of a, a signed photo of Juan Manuel Fangio. Wow. Which I mean, it's great. It's, it's got an inscription. I'm just going oh, to look at this. It's got an inscription. Oh, it's so it's personally it says to Nigel Mansell. Wow. I can't read what it says, but it is. It says It says the the lovely, charming, the wickedly talented the Nigel <laughs> It's just something like that. You go if if Manuel Fangio had written me a personal note on a signed photo, I think I'd keep that until the end of my days. Yeah. Maybe but he's he's not anyway. interested in, in motor racing anymore. I can't yes, I can't just, tell whether that's the thing. Uh, Ferrari leather briefcase that guided at two fifty to five hundred pounds. Now the ones that. I wanted to highlight to you because I think these would make excellent stage wear for our next Smith and Sniff live show. Yes, there are five Canon Williams Formula One ski jackets, oh. <laughs> and they are exquisite pieces. Oh my gosh. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, there's also we need those, Rich. a whole load of Goodyear caps of the type that Mansell used to wear at the time. There's, there's, all, there's like a big a big grab bag of Canon Williams Honda team merch. So it's got a Canon holdall, loads of caps, some booties and a baseball jacket. See, he's definitely a hoarder. You'd never have kept that stuff. This has all been in a garage really? that he's forgotten about. You know, he's Two got- Canon Williams ski jackets. They're 100 to £200 pounds on the guide, but with no reserve. Four... John Player Team Lotus bomber jackets. Now these are the real oh, exquisite pieces. Oh. We the hundred to two hundred on the guide. Can, but I mean, if you think about it, if they if they they're offered without reserve, if I, if they went for two hundred pounds, that's still only fifty quid each for some proper retro F one. Stop telling people. Wear. Stop telling people, Richard. I know, these I, well, we need these. We need. I'm we need amazed a, that so far this auction hasn't got more attention because, apart from the fact that it's full of a load of stuff it's also why yeah and I've, i'm asking some mates who know about f1 and, and all we can come up with for why he's doing this is that um this was all kept at his place in jersey yeah where there was a little museum so i don't know i mean i'm speculating here but i don't know if he's maybe selling the place in jersey and just needs to clear out um he's probably he having sell. his conservatory decorated and instead of putting it into storage he's just thought you know what i'll get rid of it <laughs> and, and he's I'll, just gonna I'll get some ikea just stuff buy it all back i'll just get i'll just go to ikea and get some get some stuff to fill it in a year's time oh go on go on ebay and go yeah i kind of miss those 16 guest tickets I'll buy them back. Yeah, oh God, I can't. But I wish I had sixteen guest passes. For I'd love to meet him. I'd love to. I'd love to meet him. He's walked past me twice, uh, but I've yes, I, once I, when we were trying to do pieces to camera. That, good. That's right. But I, I would very much um, like to meet him, and I'd like to know what cars slash motorcycles or machinery he actually owns now. Like, what is he really? Is he a bit mm. hoardy, or is he one of these people that has no interest in cars at all? Just he just lives for the golf course. And for the yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, he sold a couple of his racing cars last year—a Ferrari and a Williams, I think—and um, they went for big money, like about six and a half million quid, I think. Gosh. So I'm wondering whether that opened his eyes to the absolute gold mine that he's sitting on. He's just gone, screw it. Just let's just have a clear out. I'm not that sentimental, so let's get it gone. The because it really is. I mean. I feel like wherever this is all being kept, if it's still in the Jersey Museum, there is nothing left when this is all over because one of the, one of the lots is a Nigel Mansell IndyCar crochet doll. What? 
Yeah. What? It's just a crochet. Oh, it's exactly what it says. It's a crochet doll of Mansell in his IndyCar kit. And oh. I can't tell if this was official merch or if it was made by a fan. It has the whiff of being made by a fan. Well, that's even and more he's scary. politely kept it and then just... But why hasn't he just gone. given it to a local charity shop on the QT? Well, exactly. He just would. This is what I don't... Oh, gosh. It's... it's baffling anyway i just I, I thought this would get more coverage maybe it, 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 it <clears> is because <throat> it only they only announced it, i think last wednesday but um but yeah i still I'm, I'm just fascinated as to what's going on here but yeah um well, i'll put the link if anyone knows anything have a look or maybe if 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 nigel or his sons are listening to the podcast highly unlikely uh, but if you are we'd love you to get in touch and um mm. talk through the scenario i also want to know if the the carting rascal is still around um, now, <laughs> yes, could that be put into the auction? I'll because see, um, there's a, there's a. I'd be interested. I'd, I'd <laughs> chuck be, I'd, in the chuck in the bomber jackets, and we've got a deal. <laughs> I'd love to drive the dangerous rascal with with yeah. with a flammable bomber jacket on. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, um, this will see you right. There's th- <laughs> one of the lots is 37 miscellaneous Formula One and IndyCar baseball caps. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's the lot for the male pattern baldness chap who's into motorsport, so... But who's very forgetful and is always leaving them in cafes and things. Mm. Yeah, or he's got loads of cars, and he just, he's got a whole he's got a whole brace of MX-5s, and he just puts oh. different caps in the footwells. Yeah, loads, that's it, exactly, loads of convertibles. Just got a cap for each. Cap for each one, he knows the score. Now, I wanted to talk to you about um, some animal cruelty that we have... We've been noticing um, an awful lot of bastardised Jaguars over the last couple of weeks. Yes. And when I drove into Somerset, I saw another one. And I, I couldn't oh, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't get a picture because I was driving. But listen, guys, picture the scene. We're on the ring road around Taunton, just come off the, the motorway. And there is this X-type estate in black and it's well it's being driven extremely fast and i know this because there's plumes of black smoke coming out of it and Mm. um there is huge growler decals on each of the back windows of the estate car massive we all know what the growler decal looks like yes and on the back window uh, above the exhaust uh, sorry one on the back window one above the exhaust it says black smoke matters and then another, what? yeah, I know. I, I just seem to be seeing the weirdest decals recently. And then another one that says "No smoke, no poke." And this was a <laughs> t- obviously it's a turbo diesel X type. I just feel like there's so much cruelty to, to was fairly worthless Jaguars going on at the moment. I don't know what is happening? I don't here? know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. No smoke, no poke. Piss off. I know. <laughs> tell, I've never seen... Tell that to uh, an Audi Q7 V12 TDI, but... Um, tell that to a Volkswagen uh, lawyer off of America right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> the other the other thing I wanted to talk about was... Um, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a story about a dog and I've got a story about a gibbon. Um, well, now, hang on. What? No, no, don't leave Don't leave fucked about Jaguar Corner just yet, because you remember last week we were talking about a, a, a listener whose name we weren't clear on, um, although we are clear on it now, actually, because, <laughs> because I wrote to him, and um, and he's explained, you know, we couldn't tell if his name was um, was Thomas or Gabriel. Um, oh, yes. 
<laughs> what 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 is it? One of those was his old YouTube account name, um, which he had to ch- he had to change because <laughs> his old his old account name was Steve McQueef, and then he realised that he was emailing places for work, and it was showing up. <laughs> anyway, um, but the uh, just after we recorded the last podcast about that mad Jag XJ with all the skulls on it. Oh, is that Satan and Lucifer in the back window? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, this is uncanny. But so um, Gabriel spotted it in um, Bradford upon Avon. Yeah, near here. Yeah, it is and, near you. Was it Bradford on Avon? Isn't it? But um, and uh, and then just after we recorded the podcast talking about that, another listener, Jim Knights sent us a message saying during a recent visit to Richard's current hometown of Bath so frigging leafy I came across a contender to rival the fuck off Pornhub X type it's the same bloody car no it was parked Jim says in a disabled bay at the Royal Royal United Hospital in Bath what what, the Satan back window XJ (laughs) yes but but Jim sent us a picture of the front which reveals it's got a number plate on the roof just above the windscreen that says Satanist. Oh, my gosh. It's got skulls all over the bonnet, but also the things on the boot lid and on the bonnet that we couldn't see from the previous picture are dozens, maybe hundreds of number sixes, like as in that you'd screw to your front door. Oh, really? But door arranged signs? Arranged in door signs but 666 all over it what it's got the word hell spelled out in metal letters (laughs) twice and then (laughs) loads of upside down crucifixes oh my this is skulls and it's got those all over the boot lid it's got them all over the bonnet it's got skulls there are nine skulls arranged on the front bumper (laughs) and it has another number plate that says satan cable tied to the front grill this is, in a way that makes me worry about cooling. Well, he he loves it hot because he's a Satanist. So oh I yes, so he he, okay. he he can't stand. My engine's getting hellishly. Hot yeah, he can't today. stand a cool running rad. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only person in britain who's got one of those scandinavian style block heaters so the engine is really warm as soon as he sets off on the, on, um, on the hottest summer of the year he makes sure he rolls down that that that, that, that little blind on the grill oh yeah that's this he's, is um, awful he's it's... on the j gate knocking it down into seconds even though he's on the motorway <laughs> that'll get things toasty this is um, there is also i've not seen in this. the front seat there's a skeleton what the with a seatbelt on in the front passenger seat, yes, and um, this is uh, this is too odd now. This is just there's too much yeah. oddness going on. Yeah. Why would anyone yeah. think that's a good idea? Have they been self-tapping those number sixes just straight onto the bodywork? It does. I can't actually. Can't see. Mm, they might be glued on. I think they're glued on. It's hard to see. What's fantastic is in the in. Yeah, I've zoomed in. They look like they're glued on. Bloody um, hell! Which is still bizarre but um uh in in one of the pictures that jim sent you can clearly see there's somebody else taking a picture of this car so it you know it clearly um it gets attention it gets attention do you think but, but if they're in um, if they're in hospital um yeah i don't well um I don't jim jim adds that uh what you can't see <laughs> is that as well as the front seat skeleton passenger there was another one in the back seat wearing what Jim describes as a jigsaw off of those saw films mask. Really? 
So you're driving it's around with two nuts. skeletons in an, in an XJ? Yes, but for reasons that are... But I, I just um, it's too much nine skulls on the front bumper now, that stuck with me yeah it's too much yeah <laughs> yeah it's all anyway just very quickly before we move on we have been sent quite a few times um by various listeners uh the, the this picture that was doing the rounds on facebook of a of another x-type a saloon that it's sort of you know people who've had sort of quite bad black and white like just black ink tats yes and it just looks like someone's been scribbling on their legs with a marker pen yes that's that's the effect this car has from a distance. It's just got loads of black decals on it, but they're all sort of jag related. So it says it says X type in big letters um along the bottom of the back door and then Jaguar in front of that. But then it's got I mean I don't know what to say. We start. need to stop this from, leaping cats. We need to stop this all from happening. I'm so worried about second hand Jaguars. Well, we need to start a cat rescue. Yeah, cast, don't yeah. We, really, that's they are they're going to become the automotive pangolin in Britain. It seems yes, <laughs> where they're just not safe. Um, and I feel I feel quite bad for them. We do need to start a a cat's protection league, don't we? Um, gosh, I just um, can't believe just, how badly modified these cars are. It's nuts. It? There's, there was another one. I can't find it now. Someone else sent us another badly modified. Jack. Um, also, sorry, while I'm going through the list of messages, thank you to um, sweet, sweet guy Jonathan Gitlin who uh, sorted us out with Blue Sky Invitations. So if you want to follow us on another channel of social media while Twitter's slowly going to cock, then um, uh, <laughs> did you set yours up? I don't I know. I haven't. I'm not that organised, but I will do. Okay. Uh, by the time you listen um, to this, I, I think I will. But yeah, I've, I'm on Blue Sky, just search Sniff Petrol. I'm on there. Uh, don't bother searching Sniff Petrol on Instagram because that guy still got Sniff Petrol and won't reply to my messages. I think we should do him in. So tell me about gibbons and dogs. Right, dogs. Sat down for dinner last night, having come back from a barn find, which you'll find out about in um, soon enough. But let's just say it's the most expensive, the most exotic barn find I may ever do in my life incredible pinch mm. yourself moment uh is it, is it a jag xj with nine skulls yes the but they're real human skulls and no one and we had to oh. call in the specialist <laughs> police no um no it's it's, a murder it's uh so i sat down for dinner uh with my mum and dad and my children and dad <laughs> there was a dog at this barn find place the chap owned two dogs and one of the dogs was mm. one of those dogs that about, they were about the size of your dog actually quite a large creature and one of them yeah. one of them just kept jumping up at me to kind of i don't know say hi he was just very excited but one time i was talking to the owner of the car and the dog slightly out of my peripheral vision came running at me and dived with two two front paws outstretched straight into my genitals and and it, and it was so painful i was trying to talk to him he i mean he bollocked the dog and locked it away but but for about was this on camera no luckily it wasn't on camera but for about 15 minutes afterwards i felt really sick and i had to sort of hunch over so that was irritating then i came home and told dad this and dad went oh yeah well um do you remember that do you remember that old american car that you bought that was a bit rubbish and i went oh yeah the oldsmobile cutlass he went yeah he said, oh, do you remember you bought it with a snap tappet? And I went, yeah, from that car, that weird car dealer in Leicester. And he went, yeah. So what I did is my dad had not long retired when I got that car. I sent my dad over there with a, with a tappet. And he spent the morning repairing the 
the tappet the then to drive the car to me. He said, while I was repairing the tappet, <laughs> the owner of the car yard's Alsatian snuck up behind him and he said, actually bit him so hard on the butt cheek that some flesh came off. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, <laughs> What he was hunched over the bonnet of this old. He said I screamed, and um, <laughs> and he said the uh, he said it really hurt. He said I had to go and get it checked out. I had to go and get an injection. Yeah, but um, Bloody the hell. owner was just so casual. Like, oh yeah, he just gets he just gets a little bit bored sometimes. Like, no, he's just taking a chunk out of my ass cheek. That's not cool. <laughs> so Dad reminded me of that because I totally forgot about it. I've been crotch leapt by the dog, and the, and then we have. I haven't got all of the information to this because I only saw it about 15 minutes before we started recording this. Uh, on Twitter, someone went, um, a guy we know called Keith Adams, who's a well-known motoring journalist and interesting car guy, mm. just proclaimed yeah. his excitement that he's just bought a Volvo XC70 winter car. Oh, shitting heck. Yeah. I keep forgetting to ring the Volvo PR man to get an update on his states in the UK. Oh, well, don't don't worry. <laughs> Damn it. Don't. I'm sorry. I will ring him and get... There's probably no news at all. I've built it up too much now, but... Well, uh, so he's he's bought one, and then lots of people chimed in and went, mm. oh, brilliant choice, lovely, classy cars, sweet, sweet cars. And one guy yeah, chimed yeah. in and said, don't... Don't listen to the people that say the auto box is really weak. All you've got to do is follow the Gibbons method of flushing. <laughs> you are going and really long. So arms. and so I, I just read it twice. I was having my breakfast. I read it twice and went the Gibbons method of auto box flushing. And I started to try and frantically Google it before we recorded this podcast. I'm still not entirely sure whether it's a person's name who was a wizard when it came to slightly weak auto boxes or what. But there is a well-known in the Volvo circles, there is a Gibbons method to auto box flushing. <laughs> the Gibbons method. Now, before you put it into park every time, you've got to go... <laughs> <laughs> well, what I thought was maybe it's a strictly long leaked safari park um, maintenance method where you drive the XC70 in and a gibbon bangs on the window and goes, right, when I say so, go from park to reverse, yeah. to neutral to drive, <laughs> back to Absolutely park. Slam it. <laughs> and then... Hey, now, look, we... I, I can't believe how many messages we've had about safari parks. <laughs> It's it's absolutely overwhelming, and I apologise now for the fact that I, we we simply can't we simply can't read them all out because there are so many. Um, there was the one that did catch my eye. Um, is uh, oh no, I've bloody lost that one. Even yes, here we go. So from Robert Hempsall, um, who's <laughs> just entitles his message Longleat Shenanigans. Um, he he went to uh, Longleat for his 30th birthday and they got that vi VIP experience I was talking about, but they were driven around in a Defender 110 rather than a Discovery. Um, he said the remarkable thing is they were, the, the Defenders were all on 65 or 16 plates, so there seemed to be a conscious choice to get hold of some Defenders before production ended. Um, of course, the release for the rear door was faulty. Well, of course it was. Um but he says, regarding the wipers and monkeys, the staff told us that the big obsession was for the small hose for washer fluid, uh, hence the destroying of wipers, and also centre rear brake lights, as they often look for the rear washer nearby and then pull the hose out. Oh, Apparently the obsession is caused by the washer fluid making them feel drunk. Oh, so they're drinking it? Yeah. That's got to be really um, damaging for them. 
Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I mean, I suppose it is. Yes, it's not good for you. But also, imagine that all these monkeys have then got really vivid blue wee as well. But um, Robert adds, we also saw a deer kick someone's Vauxhall mocker. Brackets first generation. (laughs) They did it hard enough to leave a dent in the driver's door. (laughs) (laughs) Back kicking the mocker. Yeah, there's another, another listener called Steve said he worked at a local Renault dealership and uh, was away for a few days when he returned to find a vehicle in the compound with some very strange roof damage. It clearly hadn't been rolled. There were no scrape marks or and minimal other panel damage, just a concave roof and shattered windscreen. I asked what happened to that Goodwood Green Laguna out back and they replied, would you believe it, Steve, a fuck-off grey elephant backed onto it and sat on its roof at a safari park. <laughs> I think we should. Should we dedicate the next podcast to letters? It's probably we might have to because we've got so many. Yeah, just because it's pertinent. um, Since you mentioned um, Volvos and police ex police cars, which we were sort of talking about with Volvos, um, we've we've had a message from an actual police person whose name they've asked not to be read out. but Quentin uh, Wilson, but this person is it? Is it yeah. Quentin Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, I happen to be a real life policeman officer. <laughs> I get the idea that buying an ex police spec car seems appealing, but I really can't advise against it strongly enough. Ordinary standard response vehicles like the Astra 308 and Focus Estates are driven like hire cars by people without much mechanical sympathy or interest in driving. Oh, the higher end cars like the Volvos, BMWs, and VAG cars are autos, which at least mean there's one less thing to abuse, and they do tend to be driven by people with a higher skill set. But they're still just a tool and often thrashed from cold. They're also more likely to make contact with other cars due to the nature of their work. We also absolutely trash interiors. They're not normally designed for people to haul themselves in and out of constantly while wearing various sharp appendages. The rear seats will be a biohazard with various bodily fluids having marinated over the last 150,000 miles and probably a few hypodermic needles down the back of the seats. Oh, okay. The only exception would be ex-driver training cars as they are cleaned and checked daily and not driven with the same loads in the boot or while wearing full kit. So I need, as my family car, um, an ex-police training Volvo estate. Is that what we're saying? Yes. You have to be specific with the you, terminology. It's becoming more specific, and then you have to drive it like a gibbon to look after the <laughs> automatic gearbox. Drive it like a gibbon. <laughs> the gibbon's method. That is, I'm going to have to find out what this is. I'm sure people are I writing. Need, people are probably writing now. I, I, I need to find this out. Um, and the other thing is, do you remember ages ago we were talking about VTech um, singers uh, I think yes. it was Mariah Carey might have been one of them. She's got a VTech on her. Yeah, she gets up on camera. She's she's yeah. up there, and and yeah. I remember us talking about Florence and the Machine. Um, yes. uh, Florence Welsh, Welch, and and yeah. Well, when I was listening to Radio One recently, old Greg James, he he was singing uh, alternative lyrics to Florence and Machine's song "We All Have a Hunger." He he thinks that she says yes. well, we all have a Honda. Um, which which <laughs> yes. had me giggling because I thought, well, hang on, about a year ago, previous to this, we've been talking about Florence being a bit of a VTech, so that could that would figure. Yeah. So I messaged him yeah, and yeah. said, um, I've heard you singing on the radio about Florence's Hondas. Could you sing? Could you sing one for us and let me put it on the podcast? He said, Yeah, I can do that. And this is what he sent me. We all have a Honda, oh, have a Honda. 
We all have a Honda. And I think, well, that, well I think that's really, really lovely, <laughs> lovely, sweet, lovely stuff, lovely, sweet God, singing. Are you sure that wasn't Florence Welsh herself? Because it sounds uncannily similar. We all have a Honda. That's actually my favourite. <laughs> Florence and the Machin. It's my favourite. <laughs> It's Lawrence and the Machine. It's actually Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence and the Machine. Is that her brother? Yes. He's jealous of her success, but he's not very imaginative. Yeah. So he just went, oh, yeah. I'm Lawrence. Florence and Lawrence. It's fine. I, yeah. I, I actually think that's my favourite Florence and the Machine song. So thanks for that, Greg. Uh, much appreciated. Ooh, um, uh, uh, sort of on the Honda note, since we sort of are reading out a few listeners' messages, uh, a listener called Simon wanted to just uh, fill in some info about that Hero motorbike that you saw. Oh, um, yes. In- it, it says Hero Motorbikes used to have a joint venture with Honda, so it's a separate company. Oh. Um, I guess. They yeah. made on un- license. Yeah, he, uh, he says Hero Motorbikes used to have a joint venture with Honda, and all Indian Hondas were made and sold under the banner of Hero Honda. Yes. The two parted ways about eight years ago, and Hero still make bikes that resemble old Hondas. Yeah. Because they are. Yeah. Honda now have their own plants and sell bikes purely as Hondas. I wonder what happened. There must have been some bad blood between Hero. Uh, there are there's a lot of know, CG yeah. one two five lookers about, but um. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, while I was at the dinner table with Dad last night, and he reminded me about being attacked by a dog whilst doing the tappets on an Oldsmobile, um, he also said this, which I, I have never heard of. He said, um, oh, next time we come up and see you, we'll have to go in that really lovely Greek restaurant again. There's a lovely Greek restaurant in town where I live. Hmm. He said, um, the last time I went in there, I, um, I mended the toilet. And I said, what? <laughs> I said, I said, what did you, what, how, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I went in the cubicle halfway through the meal with you and your brother and the, the toilet wasn't, wasn't working properly. It wasn't, um, it wasn't flushing properly. And it, I suspected I knew the problem. I've, I've dealt with this before. She said, I just took the top of the cistern off and just started fiddling with it. And he said, a couple of minutes later, I just mended it. And I went, what? So you mended a restaurant toilet without telling anybody? And he went, yeah. So he's without telling so, anyone as well. So, you know, can we have some money off the bill, please? Because I've just mended your. That's loop. what I thought. So not only is he a vigilante kind of hedge clipper, because he, he's he's actually. I went out for a walk with him two days ago, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to bring the secateurs next time. There's some real, you know, some real low hangers um, to clip them out of the way." He's also a vigilante restaurant toilet mender. I don't know what's yeah, vigilante plumbing. Yeah, that happened once. A mate of mine. I went to the, the US with a mate of mine, and we were in a motel room, and I, I hit the bathroom door was open. And he was in there, and I looked in. And he'd got the top off the loo. I was like, "What are you doing?" And he used to work on building sites when he was a student, so he, he knows about these things like minor level plumbing. And he he, he was fiddling around. And this this loo's taking too long to fill. It just needs adjusting. And he was <laughs> he was just adjusting the you know the the float on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The bullcock. So that it. Yeah, so um, that's, that's, quite, that's quite good, you know. Again, it's, it's sort of his vigilante low-level plumbing. <laughs> has anybody a nice thing to has do. anybody done this? Have anybody done something as strange as my father? So going to a restaurant and then mending the <laughs> toilet whilst he goes for a boo. But it's also I just quite like 
there's something very satisfying about it. It's almost like being a sort of a very shit superhero. Because I did it. We stayed at uh, a friend's place recently, and they have a cafetiere. And I noticed, you know, they've got sort of metal bands that hold the yes. glass in. Yep. And the top metal band had gone a bit slack. Yep. And I was like, I know what's going to happen next is someone will be washing this. The glass will fall out of the carrier. Oh, it'll be awful. And break, because I've had that happen. Yeah, me too. And it's just got a little screw on the back of it. And I went into their kitchen cupboard where they keep, you know, their kind of stuff cupboard. And there's a screwdriver in there. And I just tightened up the little metal band. Didn't tell anyone, just did it. And it gave me a little warm feeling of satisfaction. I love that. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's simple fulfilment on a, on a daily, weekly basis. We, we, I think yeah. that's what happens with my dad. My, my dad loves, and my brother as well, they love to find a little problem that's irritating a lot of people. And maybe it's been like that for a long time. And then just sort of just mm. sort it, just sort it. Yeah, they don't need they don't need to proclaim that they've done it. They just they've done it and they're happy in themselves that they've done it. And I kind of like that. The world needs more of that, doesn't it? Well, that's a kind of nice thought for the day to to end this on. Um, uh, so let's uh, let's wrap this. Up. Yeah, that's right, mate. Before we go, uh, three things to tell you. Uh, they are one. Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Irritate Statham Show, uh, in which Johnny follows around a slap-headed hard man trying to get on his nerves. Uh, this week, he's sitting opposite him in a restaurant, flicking peanuts at his head while talking loudly about how attractive Kelly Brook still is. Uh, if that's not to your taste, there's always the Late Break Show. Lots of excellent cars on there, videos about stuff. What have you got coming up? We have got... I've done, I've done a road review on the new electric Arbath 500E uh, to see if it Ooh. really is a decent hot hatch. Mm, I'm borrowing one of those in a couple of weeks' time. OK, well, you'll find something extremely irritating that's... about it, which I won't tell you. you to, really? Yes. Interesting. Um, OK, and, good. I'll be braced for And that. if you've not seen them already, A, who are you, you bastards? But the the MG Maestro Turbo and the BMW E9 barn finds, both worthy of your eyes and ears, I would like to think. So yes, watch those. The Maestro one. Yeah, the Maestro's some very um very uh, appropriate music early on in that Maestro vid. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, just good good synthy eighties style. Um. Uh, second thing, got to tell you, I have various books out. One of them is called And On That Bombshell. It's a book about my time working on Top Gear 2002 to 2015. Uh, loads of stories, anecdotes, behind the scenes stuff in there. Available, all good bookshops, probably some shit ones as well. And lots of charity shops these days, I would imagine. <laughs> um, and the third thing I've got to tell you is that the Night Rider theme tune uh, is cribbed off a piece of music from a ballet. What? Lieb's Procession of Bacchus from the ballet Sylvia. Really? Yes. Uh, go and look up. Yeah, Leo de Liebes, uh, it's, it's It's called Procession of Bacchus. Yeah. And uh, it is that... Din, 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 that is just lifted straight from it. Now, I once went to the ballet. I've only been to the ballet once in my life, and it was that ballet, Sylvia. And this piece of music came on, and I was a bit like, this is the night ride. <laughs> in the interval, I was saying this to some people that we were with, and this nice Midlands voice from behind me said, yes, I thought that as well. And I turned round and it was the singer Beverly Knight. Really? And she agreed with me, yes. So you... She went, I thought it sounded like the Night Road theme. And I went, see, an actual musician agrees with me. Bev and it turns out we were right because it was. It was cribbed off, uh, off this Dilebs. That piece. is brilliant. You and Beverly Knight breaking the ice over <laughs> no. over Michael Knight's <laughs> intro music at a ballet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Right. Well, that's quite enough of that. 
thank you ever so much for listening and we will do this all again next week but until then goodbye bye now thanks please you know just what to do like and subscribe and review you know just what to do like and subscribe and review you know just what to do like and subscribe and did you have the sort of like double time fill in drumming going on as well? Night no, they didn't do that in the ballet straight. See, that's where the ballet or was. Or do the voice as well. It's just that's where the ballet was going wrong. <laughs> Darcy Bustle is a woman from another time. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.